Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you're listening. This is Davisville on KDRTLP 95.7 FM in Davis, California. You can find us online anytime at kdrt.org slash Davisville. I'm Bill Buchanan. I'm the host. Thank you for tuning in. And if you haven't heard it from me yet, Happy New Year. Well, it's been about a year and a half since we last talked about housing here on Davisville. You know, housing is one of those issues in Davis that's kind of always important. Sometimes it's in the news more than others. But a lot has changed since we last talked about it. The supply has grown. There's more new housing in the works. Rising interest rates have reduced affordability, although rates have been coming down lately. And of course, there are the continuing questions that we always have about rents, home prices, supply, where Davis might be headed, and what these conditions mean for all of us who care about this town. My return guests for this update are three members of the Boshkin real estate family of Davis, Steve, Kit, and their son, James. Steve, a real estate broker, and Kit own Boshkin Properties, where she's also manager. James is a real estate agent and property manager. Davis Housing, in other words, is a family business for them through and through. Steve, Kit, and James, thank you for joining us today by Zoom. Thank you, Bill. We look forward to the uh, conversation. Yeah, well, thank you for joining us and uh, taking the time today. You know, I'd like to start by asking about a regional housing story southwest of Davis. This is the proposal by Flannery Associates to build an entirely new city from scratch that would have uh, tens of thousands of residents on what is now currently arid ag land in rural Solano County. The promoters bought property without revealing their motives for several years and then went public. This caused some controversy. Uh, there's a lot of opposition to it in Solano County. It would be years before anything could get built, and that's if Solano voters even approved the project, which is called California Forever. But I'm interested in your take on it as housing professionals. What do you think about this idea, and would it affect Davis? Uh, Steve, you want to start? Sure. I looked at their website a few months back, and am very intrigued by what their you know project entails and and what it's going to do for the region. Looking at the map, it is approximately off the south end of the uh, Travis Air Force Base runway and to the southeast of Fairfield. The regional area has a very bad affordable housing problem right now and has for a number of years. I'm not sure that this area will necessarily translate into anything changing in Davis, but it, it will probably help the whole region out with, with the, the new product that they're going to supposedly put in, which is uh, the affordable housing product. One of the things that we see in this area is we do get some people from Travis Air Force Base that come in Davis to live, but you know the majority of people that are probably living in Fairfield, Vacaville area commute to the East Bay and to the Bay Area versus coming east to Davis. But you know I think it's it's a very intriguing project in that everything will be brand new, everything will be you know many many years before there's a lot of infrastructure additional costs for homeowners. So there's a lot of benefit to a, a new project like this. Kit or James, anything you would add to that? I think it might affect Davis rental a small bit. We do have some people that come from Travis Air Force Base that like to live in Davis, not just the doctors and the lawyers, but I at one time had a group of three airline mechanics who lived in town. So it will be a slight effect, I think, on the Davis market because they can live closer and newer homes as opposed to doing that drive to Davis. You know, I suppose if you add more supply to the area, that reduces some of the pressure on Davis. Although I imagine a lot of the people who live in Davis 
are here because they deliberately want to be here. They're not just looking for a place somewhere in the valley, right? But they really are choosing Davis. Is that the nature of the market here? For the rentals, it really has to do with where they can find housing. A number of years ago, the unlisted couldn't go farther than Dixon, and they've reversed that area that they now can go farther. They can be farther away from Travis than they could before. I just think that Fairfield and Vacaville are just so impacted. They're just almost forced to come this way to a point. And that'd be the Travis people in particular. Let's shift to uh, talking about Davis. And Steve, I know in past conversations, you've had access to statistics and things like that. So whatever you can tell us would be great. I'd love to know where Davis stands as of January, 2024, in terms of like housing for sale, sales volume, supply prices, anything like that you can tell us would be useful. Sure. And a follow-up to the your question about why do people live in Davis? The, it is obviously more than just a, a place to uh, to buy a home. It's the whole community. It's the schools, the downtown, the retail that we have here. It's all of those parts of life that you want to live in versus just in some neighborhood or community that doesn't have the benefits that Davis offers. Although Davis is very expensive, it also offers some degree of safety compared to other cities and and a, and a nice lifestyle. So the stats I have right now are from January 1 of 23 to December 31 of 23. Last year, we closed 354 properties of all, you know, whether it's a single family detached all the way to the smallest condo out on the McEwen condos. The average price was 910598 hmm. for the ones that have closed. Right now, there is 12 homes that are pending escrow, I mean, pending, pending closing, and their average is 832000 So they're there's, you know, uh, none of the million dollar homes appear to be factored or not many of them anyway are factored in there. And then active on the market. And this year, this time of year is typically slower than we have in the spring. But active on the market right now, we have 23 homes and their average price is a million thirty one nine sixty one. So hmm. our average has pushed up over a million. The interesting thing is that when interest rates started to pop last year, we got very close to, and in some cases, over 8% on a 30-year fixed. Yes, and on a mortgage and you're that, talking about there. Yeah. That's yeah, and rate. that really had a profound effect on you know the affordability of a home. Now, typical two-income family in Davis can uh, typically generate enough for these million dollar homes, but it's still, you know, 1% probably makes a, you know, close to a hundred thousand dollar purchasing power reduction. Oh, a 1% gain in interest rates, in other words, means a house basically costs a hundred thousand dollars more than it would have. Uh, yeah. I mean, otherwise. you can, you can essentially, uh, if interest rates go down 1% and this is a ballpark, but if they yep. go down 1%, by the time you factor taxes, insurance, and, and your principal and interest payment, you're about $100,000 in purchasing power if the interest rate goes down 1% or up. So as the year started to progress and, and get towards the end of the year, we actually ended up with the interest rates down just above six and three quarters percent roughly on a 30-year fixed. 
And the indications that we're seeing now are that we probably will see between five and a quarter and five and a half percent as the the standard for this year's interest rates uh, on a 30-year fixed. So that's going to help out the market again. But we had some record sales. There was one property just outside of Davis, actually two properties just outside of Davis that sold for multi-millions. And mm-hmm. you know you don't typically see those gigantic sales prices. One was five and a half million. And I want to say the other one was about four and a half million. Those are hard to to sell typically because of the price, but but our average over the years has just kept on climbing. I think you said there were 354 sales last year. Is that for everybody? In other words, that's not just sales you were participating in, you or your or Boshkin properties, but that right. Was, it doesn't sound like a lot for a, a town of 65,000, is it? No, it typically on a on a really strong year, we'll get upwards of close to 600 homes sales per year. So it it is lower on the number of sales. Homes are staying on the market longer. You know, the interest rates are a big factor of that. This year was just a, a brutal year when it came to, you know, if you were a seller, you're starting to come to the market and realize that it's no longer a seller's market. It's definitely a balanced market, if not a little bit of a buyer's market. Okay. So a good year would be almost twice what we had last year, it sounds like. It sounds like prices were coming down a bit. They came down. Well, I, I don't have that stat as far as what the overall prices were. They, I don't think we dropped, but we didn't increase a significant amount. I, I you know, I would suspect that we were somewhere around a three to five percent increase, which is actually a healthy increase. Not, you know, when we go ten to twenty percent increases in one year, and especially when it's year over year, that's really not healthy for anybody. That's one of the natures of housing in Davis. You know, we talk about prices and interest rates and things like that, but fundamentally it's down to, you know, who can afford to live here. And with prices going up the way they are, and and James may this may loop you in here now because you're part of that generation. When things get unaffordable, you, you end up with people who like the town, love the town, have a reason to be here, family or work or whatever. And yet they can't find a place to live because of the prices. And now, James, when we talked last a year and a half ago, you were living in Texas. You grew up in Davis, I believe, right? And 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 have you you've moved back to Davis? I have. Yeah, it's been uh, a little over a year now. I've been back in town. And so you were a buyer, and I realize you're a different kind of buyer. You're in a real estate family, and I'm sure you had insights and assets and connections that a lot of people wouldn't who you know aren't part of a real estate family like that. I'm still curious about your experience coming back to Davis. Prices, I imagine, were higher here than in Texas. You know, typically people uh, coming to Davis from someplace else will say, hey, I can't get nearly the house here that I could back in wherever. But what was your experience? Yeah, I mean, certain parts of, I, I was in the Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas. And so certain parts of DFW are, are rather expensive, but prices were climbing there pretty heavily. DFW area specifically is having a really high climb. So yeah, coming back, inventory is a big thing here. I mean, it's such a low inventory level compared to other places. And Davis specifically is is a low inventory place and, and that helps drive some of the factors in the market. So, but yeah, my experience was, I, again, I kind of knew what I was coming back into. If somebody's blindly coming here, say somebody just started working for the university and is kind of coming from that area, it's probably a pretty big surprise on the rental market and owning and buying. So 
Yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting market for for the youth. A lot of our friends have decided to buy in Sacramento and Woodland and some of the other areas because it just it isn't doesn't make sense for them currently. So, Kit, your specialty is rentals, I think, right? In in your family, what are you seeing in terms of vacancy rates, rents, patterns? What can you tell us about that? The vacancy rate in Davis is is higher than it has been um, the last couple of years. I can't give you exactly the reason why, because it was an interesting year. There are condos out in North Davis called McEwen condos. They're by the Nugget Fields. They're two bedroom, one bath. In August and September of this year, there were nine of them on the market. And those are one of the cheapest rentals in town. So that was a little surprising. I had one of them. Took me a number of months to get it rented, but I did finally get it rented. I looked today and there's about six of them on the market as well right now, which hmm. is just a strange for Davis being that those are one of the cheaper ones to rent in town. Other situations where I have a three bedroom, two bath that I've put on the market because my tenants are leaving due to a job issue and a surprising amount of showings, even during the Christmas New Year's uh, break. So Davis is in a, a kind of a flux time right now. You had the big project that came online in South Davis. Oh, the, the one on Charles? The, the one on Charles. Charles. I yeah. was going to say the old insurance company property. I used to work in that building. It was the University of California Davis building, and I worked in there for a while. It's quite changed. Yeah. But, uh, uh, before that, it was an insurance, and it was the whale company. So yeah. <laughs> that came online, which really absolutely affected the Davis market. And I also think we haven't quite gotten all our foreign exchange students back from the pandemic. That has mm -hmm. affected it as well. I also had three seniors that are UC Davis that chose to move to Sacramento because they had more of a nightlife there. And they were, one was a history, one was an English, not sure what the third one was, but not a science major. So they only had to be in town two days a week. So they wanted to be on the causeway for more of a nightlife. And these are seniors in college then, not senior seniors citizens. In college. But, yeah. yeah. Now that's interesting. So what's this, what's the effect with rents? I mean, are, are rents still uh, rising? Are they flat? Are they dropping even? Uh, in uh, they're dropping if you didn't have it rented by the time school started. Those have absolutely dropped. This coming year, I think we're going to stay a little bit flat, maybe a slight increase, but you're not going to get the huge increases we've had in previous years. Do a quick station ID. We are talking with Steve, Kit, and James Boschkin, Davis real estate family involved in sales, property management, rentals, things like that. I'm Bill Buchanan. This is Davisville on KDRT, and we're talking about housing in Davis. Well, some of the new supply that's coming in in Davis since we last talked, uh, you know, there's the one on Research Park at the south part of town, uh, 200 apartments. I was out there today, and they're working away on building it. The ones that interest me in particular are the ones that are proposed for G Street, because I think there's something new. This is going with the changes in zoning law that basically say if you build within, I think, a half mile of a major transit center, like the Davis train station, then you can build without parking. And uh, I think it's a bit expedited. So basically, on three different locations on G Street, roughly from the train station up to where the co-op is on 5th Street, and I would include actually a smaller one I've just learned about over on E Street. That's a four-story, 20-unit building, I think, at 413E. Oddly enough, that one apparently wouldn't have an elevator. 
but a lot of these don't have parking or they only have some parking. What's new about it is with the supply, but the supply downtown. I don't know when Davis last added that kind of housing downtown. And that's deliberate. That's been part of a city process to think about housing downtown and you know adding housing overall. But again, I'd love to ask what you think, what what this will do in Davis, for Davis. And I'm particularly interested in the idea that a lot of these won't have parking because the idea is, I guess if people rent there, they aren't going to need a car because they're going to be in the city center. I'm wondering how that will really work. I guess we'll find out. But Kid or Steve, maybe, do you have uh, thoughts on that? It's definitely going to impact the rental market in Davis. When it comes to parking, in my mind, I think it's naive to think people are not going to have cars. I think that the parking is going to affect the neighborhoods around where now these people are not going to be able to park on site. So they're going to try to park in the neighborhoods. That will be a huge impact for those neighborhoods for the parking as well, but absolutely will have an effect on the Davis rental market. And then Steve, does this affect sales at all? You know, I, I've read articles that talk about how there's maybe more interest in renting at different stages of life than say there would have been a few years ago. I don't know that it's going to have a major effect on the purchasing of homes because you know the majority of the people that can afford to buy Davis aren't going to want to be in a you know a student rental area. And if you look at the projects, and there were four of them at one time, there may be less now, but you've got Hibberts, you've got the old Ace site, uh, you've got the USDA site. And then you just mentioned the one on E Street. Those are all going to be focused on students. So I suppose from a parking standpoint, if they mandate that those units not have cars in their units, uh, and for for reference, the what they're calling rider now was was Lincoln 40 on Olive Drive. There's very few parking spaces compared to the 700 units that they have there. And they basically mandate that you do not have cars. You know, if you are renting their place, most of them are not allowed to have cars. And there's no place for them to even park hardly on Olive Drive. So, you know, you've got, like it said, you're going to, if you don't mandate that they cannot bring their cars, they are going to impact the neighborhoods around them. But there's not much that the neighborhoods can do about that other than getting some parking districts put in place where, you know, you have to buy a pass and you have to live within that area to be able to buy the pass. And yeah. that's worked in many of the downtown areas around the university, but it's going to have, you know, a continued downward pressure on the rental market, I think. Uh, although I would not be surprised to see if these units didn't top twelve fifteen hundred $1,500 a bedroom. The units that are over there to the east of the post office, those units are $1,700 a bedroom. And so they're not going to be cheap. <laughs> and that's one of the newer projects in the last few years, too, the one you're referring to. We have a, a oh, about six, seven minutes left. You know, California as a state really isn't growing now, not nearly like it was. I looked up the projections. These are released by the Department of Finance last July. And it, they suggest that California's population will plateau between about 39 to 40 million residents in the long term. It's right about where it is now. Of course, that's still what, more than 10% of the United States. 
you know, I don't doubt that new homes in Davis, that these new ones will find occupants. It just seems to be the pattern. But I'm wondering, looking ahead a little bit, if growth is slowing or even dropping a bit, will this serve to put a lid on rents and prices in Davis? It would seem if you had more supply and flat demand that it would point that way. But what do you think? I think that you're going you're gonna to see some of that. One of the big questions is, if Davis is growing and the region is growing, what, where are the people leaving to come here? Uh, we don't seem to have a problem here with people coming in. Uh, well, I mean, the, I shouldn't say problem. We don't seem to have a lack of people coming in to this area. So, you know, where are they leaving? I know that San Francisco has had a large drop off in their population, but if we stabilize and have a balanced population growth where people leaving or, or passing on uh, versus those being born and coming in are, are very well balanced, I think that you're still going to find that unless Davis adds more homes, then it's still going to be a very, very price prohibitive place to live. We have a captive market with the university and, you know, they, good times and bad times, those students come here and take out their student loans and, and mommy and daddy pay for everything. And, you know, they have a very, very good lifestyle when they come here. When they leave, the next class is coming in. So this is an aside, but the statistic interested me. You know, we think of Davis as a small town or as a small city. But I was looking at the U.S. population census statistics, and Davis is actually in the 6% largest cities in the United States. Hmm. And it makes more sense when you think about all, if you've traveled or even around here, there's a lot of places smaller. You don't have to think too hard to come up with two or three dozen names pretty quickly. Still, I thought it was interesting. We have this image of ourselves, and for California and the Bay Area, we are a small city. But if you look compared to the U.S., we're yeah. we're one in sixteen in terms of size, in in terms of largest size. That's a great fact. And interesting. People have been buying in Woodland, and you know, not in Davis. That's been going on for a while. I, you know, is that still continuing? Is Davis and Woodland continuing to sort of become one market in that regard? I, I guess that's a good way that you could an, uh, analyze it. It's. Um, you know, like James was saying, the the generation that is just now starting to get near 30, I mean, they've delayed many things in their life. They delay getting married, they delay getting having kids, they delay buying homes. Um, they're more transient than we were when we were younger, I think. But, you know, for those who want to live in this area, and like James said, if maybe they come on board with the university, but they're at the bottom end of the, the echelon there. Woodland still provides a decent product uh, housing um, location where it's an easy commute, it's affordable, they can hop on the freeway, you know, they go to all the same stores that Davis does because Davis goes to Woodland for all of our shopping, you know, up at Costco and, and that kind of stuff. So they're closer to that. I don't know, James, is you, do you think most of your generation is, would, is liking the, the Woodland area? Yeah, and it, you know, Woodland has a, a lot of that that old time feel too, which is unaffordable in the the older parts of Davis. I mean, you have a lot of new houses over in the east part of Woodland that are getting family oriented. So, yeah, it's a, it's a growing area, and it's it's easy commute as as you said, and to get there onto campus, and with that being the largest employer in the area, 
in Davis, at least, that that's where a majority of the, you know, newer, younger staff and faculty to go towards. We're very near the end. And of course, it's a big subject. There's lots of things we could talk about, uh, you know, workplace trends and uh, for that matter, the lingering pandemic and climate change. Davis tends to be hot. I don't know that it's more attractive when it's hotter. But what I'd like to end with is from each of you, something about housing in Davis, rental, whatever, that you think is surprising. Maybe the people don't know they ought to know. I don't know who wants to go first. That we do actually have a vacancy rate. So meaning people can find a rental, you know, it's not, in other words, it's not one of those years like where if you wanted an apartment, you had to hope you wanted by the place at the right time and saw the for rent sign. Correct. And you're not going to get a three bedroom, two bath for $1,500. That's doesn't really exist to Davis, but there are rentals at good prices for Davis still available. I think that translates a little bit to that there are the average home in Davis, maybe over 910,000, but there are homes on the market, the McEwen's in particular, that are in the 300s. And so we do have some housing. It may be very competitive, but you should still be able to find something under 750,000 if you're persistent and, and have a good agent that can keep on top of things for you. And of course, you need that seven hundred fifty thousand to afford it. James, how about you? Any any entry in this question? Yeah, I mean, the the only thing that comes to mind is is the the inner part of Davis is starting to age, and there's gonna you know a lot of the the houses are are older and and might be able to get something that could potentially be a renovation at some point. You know, the old downtown is starting to get older and older, and there's potentially options and deals that can be found in some houses that need some TLC. Okay, so sort of a fixer-upper, someone who could come in yeah. and provide provide labor or that kind of skill. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, those were those were interesting. It was sort of a slider, kind of a question there right at the end, but but you came through. Thank you all. We've been talking with Steve and James and Kit Boschkin. They are real estate professionals in Davis, and we've been talking about housing in Davis. So again, Steve, James, and Kit, thank you for talking with us today. Thank you, Bill. Thanks. I am Bill Buchanan. This is Davis Phil on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. Thank you for listening.